Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Couple of Punts podcast, the postmortem. <laughs> that is, I think, what we're going to have to call this episode. Um, you may have noticed in through seven weeks of this NFL season, myself, Ross Williams, your host, and Harry Dennis, who, of course, is here as well. We haven't really talked too much about the Indianapolis Colts. Um, as long-term listeners will know, we are supporters of. Main reason has been they've been quite dull. Um, not particularly good and frankly we couldn't bring ourselves to do it now we have to because the Colts have found themselves the biggest story in the NFL this week set the scene for our listeners Harry uh, what happened this week what happened what happened uh, we rolled into Tennessee and Tennessee handled us they handled us again I pretty much I think I said this on I said about previous Colts games, or maybe it was just to you in private. It's like whenever it cuts the red zone, it is uh, it's always third and seven. There's never really any exciting plays going on. And it's quite often offensive mistakes. This is exactly what we saw this weekend. We never looked close. The score relatively, well, not relatively, the score absolutely flattered us. Tennessee were the better team throughout all phases of the game. And... We made a change. We made a very big change for us. A very big change. Um, yeah, the news broke on Monday night, I want to say. Must be Monday, yeah. Monday evening uh, in the UK, at the very least, I guess Monday afternoon over in the States during Frank Reich's press conference, or just before Frank Reich's press conference post-week seven, um, that Matt Ryan was not going to play against the Washington Commanders this week, week eight. Um, the initial kind of response was... Uh, he's got an AC separation in his shoulder. That's why um, he's going to be out for a, a little bit of time. He's not going to practice this. Well, what we were told is he was not going to practice this week, and that's why he'll be inactive um, on week eight. And then, kind of very, very quickly, the cogs start to turn, and it became very evident as people began to question Frank Reich at the podium that the plan was actually not to see Matt Ryan again this season, which. I mean, my first thought, naive as I am, was, wow, that's a really bad shoulder separation. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, well, that's it would really be. bad. Um, and then it became very evident that it, that decision was not made necessarily due to the injury. Yes, the injury is first and foremost, but even when he's back, even when he's healthy, Matt Ryan will not necessarily be the star of the, of the, um, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, huge, huge. But I mean, this was the highest profile free agent move uh, not free agent move but um off season move We're certainly up there this season um a hall of famer borderline borderline hall of fame he is sixth all time in terms of passing yards um he's in he belongs to the philip rivers schools of of maybe yeah <laughs> he's kind of in that tier 2 where he's not a first ballot he might get in second or third ballot potentially Due to longevity, lots of great teams made it to a Super Bowl, of course, famously. Didn't get the job done, but even so, um, a great quarterback or has been a great quarterback, got a great nickname, but that's him done, isn't it? That, that's him done, certainly in a Colts uniform, but looks things. Um, firstly, before we talk about his kind of what's kind of led us to this and also his replacement, which we just uh, talk about, um, do you think he's done full stop? <sighs> It's very hard to see him going somewhere else and succeeding because as bad as we've, as bad as the Colts have been, I think Frank Reich said a lot of time, I think said, what we said, one of the first things he said to Matt Ryan is we've let you down as well, which I'm sure Matt Ryan loves to hear that considering he traded away a lot of goodwill in Atlanta to, to, to come to us for a kind of a win now kind of team, which we, we, we sold him on. Uh, we, as much as we have let him down, he has been poor. There have been moments when he's been, he's been giving the ball away, which is very un-Matt Ryan-like. Um, in a changing league, he is as mobile as ever, and that proves it. Our O-line has been poor, but there's been no chance of him escaping a sack or anything, which you need now in the modern-day NFL. You see it much more with QBs coming through. Um, it's not been great. There's not been a lot of kind of big-time throws. The one big-time throw was he made, he made to Alex Pierce to win the game in Jacksonville, but the... The arm has stepped off, and I saw a lot of people tweeting or some scouts saying that his arm is basically shot. You combine all those things, 
And he's nowhere near any of the records. He's overtaken Dan Marino for like sixth all-time in passing. I don't think he's anywhere near fifth. It's very hard to see him going somewhere else because he's not done well here. And there's no win now team's going to take him. He's not a bridge QB really anymore because he can still commands a high salary. We might have seen the last of him. And that is really sad because we promised him a lot. And ultimately, we didn't hold up on our end of the bargain, as Frank Reich has said. Yeah, in many ways, he's probably the most expensive failure of all time because he's literally costing the Atlanta Falcons $40 million this year in terms of dead money, um, which is pretty insane. Um, did the Falcons make the right call? Maybe. <laughs> even after even taking that hit. Um, I mean, this is the first week they weren't able to cover. I mean, they've done pretty well. I think they're 3-4 and yeah. four currently, and I think they're only a win off the top of the NFC South. Um, probably a good decision in the end by the Falcons, even in their rebuild. And this was probably the right time to move on. Um, yeah, the Colts. I mean, this. I mean, Chris Ballard even said this was a move that happened quite quickly. Um, back in the spring, obviously the Wentz trade happened. Um, I I believe we we were going to get Jimmy Grappler. I I, I really think that was the move. Uh, I really think Jimmy Grappler. We were going to throw some chips down bring Jimmy G in and then this just kind of appeared out of nowhere because it kind of happened via a conversation with the Falcons, I think. Um, uh, a conversation that Ryan had with the Falcons, should I say, in terms of uh, future. Um, it's just been an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> it's just been an absolute unmitigated disaster, ultimately. It's a real shame, but yeah, there's still a long way to go in this season. There's still 10 more weeks of this regular season to kind of navigate through the Colts of 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. Um, the AFC South is still there uh, we're a win off the Titans now it's going to be very tough it's going to be very very tough with this team I mean I'm looking at the PFF rankings right now 17th on defence which has been a real it, let's be honest a, a lot of the, the fault has been on the offence which ranks 29th in the NFL right now which is really poor the defence hasn't performed either the defence hasn't performed anywhere near uh, where we hoped it would do um, but yeah, offensively, with, with, with the firepower we should have, with the best running back in football going into this season, who has one touchdown, uh, the offense has just not been able to get going. So the question is, can it get going, or is this just a write-off now? Um, we've made the move. Sam Ellinger is in of the University of Texas. Uh, a player we both like. We do like. He's tough to di- it's tough to dislike Sam Ellinger. He's, he's, He's a great kid. He's been through a lot of adversity as well. Uh, his brother sadly passed away last year. Uh, his dad passed away just a, a few years ago as well. Uh, I think he was 46. Um, he's had a bit of tragedy to get through. I, it, it, the fact he's come from the Longhorns, he's come from Texas, means pressure's not really going to be a factor too much. I, I don't think. I mean, pressure doesn't get <laughs> any higher than the, the literal pressure cooker that is Texas football. Um and he, he's got some pedigree, certainly, in terms of... I mean, he had one of the greatest high school careers, for example, of all time, uh, as a quarterback. Um, interestingly enough, he broke a lot of Nick Foles' records. <laughs> high school, he now sits behind him on the depth chart. Um, yeah. With Sam there, uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more going forward. Um, is, the season, is the season salvageable? Or is this very much looking towards April now? And if we lose games, we lose games. And that's as simple as that. It's the ultimate lottery ticket for Frank Reich and, and potentially for Chris Ballard because they're done. They're, they, they are done in Indianapolis. Frank Reich, we've never got, we haven't got the quarterback Reich, quarter, quarterback Reich, quarterback Reich. That kind of half made sense, but we haven't got that right. And if you haven't got that right as an offense, you're never going to really challenge. We've had above average teams that have never made a real kind of playoff push. We've been to the playoffs once in a post-Andrew Luck era when we got bounced out by the buff- by the Bills in a game that we arguably could have ran a lot closer than we, sh- than we did. Um, it's the ultimate lottery ticket because if he somehow catches fire hmm. uh, and drags us to the playoffs, then you've got to kind of keep them around because you don't want to throw, even though it will be dysfunction if he stays around, you can't, you've just got this quarterback that you might going to start next year. You don't want to kind of rehaul the offense he's been learning for two years. Uh, and I say it's a lottery ticket because that's probably not going to happen. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. Sam Ballinger is a good, not great QB. He was a above average kind of 
college quarterback. He promised a lot in his kind of, I think it was his redshirt freshman or his sophomore season. His second season, essentially. And, yeah. yeah. And he could never really take that jump. Granted, it was Texas. Texas were in a kind of a down times, but he could never challenge for the Big 12, could never kind of muscle his way into the playoffs, the college football playoff. So it is a long shot. It is a lottery ticket. And I, can we turn it around this season? I don't think so. And as much as it's going to cost kind of them their jobs, I don't think Jim Irsay will probably want us to. He will. No, he will because he wants to win. But like... Well, interestingly enough, Jim's made this call, hasn't he? Yeah. I, I, yes. think, I think we're pretty clear Jim has made this call. Um, there was talk of a lengthy meeting after the Titans' defeat, which, you know... Sounds very familiar. Uh, after another defeat in the FC South, obviously after the Jags in Week 18 last year, um, it does appear that Jim Mersey. I mean, I mean, Frank kind of stopped short of saying it was Jim's decision, obviously, but it's pretty clear. Um, I, I think he was essentially told to, and to get Matt Ryan out of there because his performance has not been up to it. I think by his, uh, I'd be upset if Matt Ryan came out and said he was happy with his performances because he, he can't be. Uh, he, he has been well off it, but I think there's also the element of. The offensive line, especially, is playing so poorly. You kind of need to get him out of harm's way. I think there's almost an element of that as well. I think we he's clearly a very respected member of this team, regardless, Matt Ryan. I mean, they instantly kind of put him above Carson Wentz in those regards, in terms of locker room presence and leader and all that. Um, there was a little bit of needle by all counts in in, in uh, training camp and stuff, but you can need that. I, I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, there's a few disagreements within, within the team itself, but I think that just comes with a big character. I, I had no real issue with that. There's an awful lot of respect for Matt Ryan as a, as a player, as a professional. Um, he's getting battered. He's getting absolutely destroyed uh, behind that offensive line. Where, and look, whether they wanted to make the decision or not, head coach, general manager, the way we're playing and the trends we're taking, this decision actually does make sense. And Sam Ellinger does make sense in that spot. Um, and the reasons of that is very, very simple. Matt Ryan, I did a little, crunch a few numbers for the podcast and Matt Ryan's been pressured on more than a third of his dropbacks this season. He's uh, 33.6%, I believe. Uh, he's taken 24 sacks in that time. That's second only to Justin Fields. Um, an absurd amount. Um, look, the offensive line is ultimately the real villain here. Uh, it is. Uh, there's no getting away from it. But no matter how badly Matt Ryan's played, the offensive line, whichever offensive line we seem to throw out there, because there's numerous different combinations. I think Danny Penta played at left out. Um, yeah, I think he played at left tackle this week um, yeah, yeah. just just literally just throwing five guys out there in various combinations and hoping it works at this point that's where it's got to um, Matt Ryan's not played well but he's had he's had, a, he's, had a, he's had some bad cards dealt I think as well we've got to look at that the defensive line is not going to fix itself overnight it's not going to fix itself for the rest of the season it's just not it, that's going to be something for the spring whether it be Chris Ballard or not they have to sort that in the spring it's not going to change that third, um, that thirty-three percent on dropbacks. That's not going to, the pressure is going to continue coming. The sacks going to continue coming unless you do something about it. We talked about mobility. Matt Ryan's got no mobility. He's a thirty-seven-yard guy. He's never had mobility anyway, really. He's not bad at a one-yard sneak. He's made a habit of that over his career, but ultimately he's not getting outside the pocket. Sam Ellinger is he as good of a passer as Matt Ryan? Can he make? Can he make that ball to Alec Pierce a couple of weeks ago? That's up for debate, and probably not if we're being honest, can Sam Ellinger get outside the hashes and actually maybe make a play and ultimately save his own skin from defensive ends coming around our offensive line? He's got a much better chance, hasn't he? Because Sam Ellinger actually is a bit of a scrambler, to be fair. And a lot of that is a result of his play uh, in the passing department. isn't amazing. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to make those throws at all. So he's had to build that into his game. He built into his game even at Texas. Um, he's got 33 rushing touchdowns at Texas over the course of his career, which is an awful lot for someone who was still pass, pass first. Um, I think we've made this call to keep a quarterback healthy, <laughs> literally on the roster. Um, because I think Matt Ryan was going to take what well, he, he has taken injury, he has he, he's, he's had this AC separation, he's had the shoulder injury. Um, the best way of keeping the sad state of affairs is the offensive line is that bad. The only way we're going to be able to consistently keep a QB out there and healthy is one that can scramble and get out of the pocket and actually avoid defensive ends, which is really depressing. 
but I think that's where we're at, isn't it? It is, it is. As, as, as I kind of said, we, and you kind of alluded to, we didn't hold up our end of the bargain to Matt Ryan. So maybe we're making up to Matt Ryan by saying, look, we don't need to go out here and die. Uh, we're going to pull you out of the fire. Yeah. Um, we're going to give you the chance to actually, you've got 10 weeks now, you've got a young guy, the old love in the locker room. He's got talent. It's just not, he's a six round pick. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. He, he, is he is a six round talent. He's, he's evident that. Let's see how good. Basically, it's an audition to be a coach for Matt Ryan right now. If, if you want to be a QB coach, you want to be an offensive coordinator in the league, let's see what you can do with Sam Allen for 10 weeks. Can you make a player out of this guy? If not, we'll throw it away. We've probably got a top five pick in the spring anyway, and we'll pick up we'll pick up CJ Stroud or we'll trade up and get whoever. Um, yeah, it's an audition for Matt Ryan to see how good of a coach is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And look, I really hope Sam Allinger does come up, come out and kind of not prove us wrong, but play to the talent that he showed in flashes at Texas. He can be the guy, like I say, players love him. He is a locker room leader. He's a guy, he's a leader of men in that kind of stuff, that kind of sense of the word. And that'll do wonders for an NFL locker room, which is down on its look, which leaders, Shaquille Leonard, haven't been playing, which kind of leaders haven't been playing up to their kind of standard as well. You Kenny Moores, you quit Nelson this week. He looked really, he didn't look good this week. There was a couple of highlights of him getting absolutely bull rushed, him getting you know, steamrolled, which weren't great. He was one of the O-liners that was actually standing up and taking notice. When even he's having a bad time, you know life kind of sucks. Um, so maybe he's the guy to kind of bring the locker room together. If not him, let's just bring Matthew McConaughey down to kind of games as well. Get him <laughs> to bang the anvil, you know? Get, get, restore some kind of... It's really weird because we're speaking like the sky is falling and we are 500. We are 3-3-1. Three, three and one. But this comes from our lofty expectations. This comes from our own owner, our own head coach speak, speaking these lofty expectations. This comes from our players in the locker room. You know, we've all seen the, the meme of the kind of uh, us raising the banner and like it's kind of got, but at least we had a great locker room yeah. because everyone in the off season was saying, all the players saying how good this locker room is and how much they want to do. And we've just completely kind of fallen flat on our ass. We really have, as you say, the deal got done early for Matt Ryan. It got done before the kind of the Russell Wilson one. So it's not so it's not like he mm. came in at the last minute. It's not like a Baker Mayfield where like he's learning the offense on the fly a week, month before the season. It was done in before the draft. Yeah. Um, I want to say March. Yeah. Early April, maybe. Yeah. Same with, you know, the defense has been fine. You want it to be better than 17th because Bradley has had enough time to come in and sort this out. We didn't lose Nick Sirianni last year. Now this year we lost Nick Sirianni last year, so the offense has got to be better. Um, there's just so much wrong with this team, and they, you know, I've you know, I think we're going to go into this in a minute. But people are on about: do we start blowing it up right now? Do we start trading away players, the veteran players on our team? Do we start cashing in on some of them? I mean, I don't want us to because I think we're not full on rebuild yet. We're a couple of pieces. Again, we've been a couple of pieces away for three years now, so um, it is really hard, but. We should be excited. We're seven weeks into the season. We're in going into week eight and we're just, we're deflated. We're flat. Mm-hmm. And as you say, we, we could come out of week eight with a winning record. It's not unheard of. No. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's last chance saloon. It's last chance saloon for Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. Um, and you know what? More so than Frank, but I've been a, a massive Chris Ballard apologist. I think we both have on this podcast yeah. since the beginning, really, because He's consistently made moves which made an awful lot of sense on paper. He's consistently made smart decisions in trades. He's never, I, I've never once really seen him being fleeced in a in a trade. Really, uh, I don't think I think we can safely say that. Um, but yeah, championships are one on paper, are they? Um, and ultimately, he's put this side together. It's now in a very expensive squad, or at least in certain areas, and it's not performing. Um, yeah, and the quarterback decisions. Ultimately, ultimately lie with him. Ultimately lie with him. Um, so yeah, it's a little final throw of the dice, and I think they're going to seriously look at it. I think if the season does just implode now, and we end up only picking up four or five wins, and that's it, and we get a pick, well, a top ten pick anyway, a top ten pick. Bear in mind the QB potential that's coming through this draft. If we have. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? I think it's going to be difficult for them to keep their jobs because there's going to be applicants, good applicants, that will see this team as an opportunity still, especially if they can bring one of these new QBs in. Um, 
yeah, interesting times. <laughs> it is, and I don't know how how many lottery tickets we have in the Sean Payton stakes. He he is the guy. Not as many as we think. I want to thought. <laughs> no, not as many as we think. There are better. If seasons, I mean, I keep bringing it up, but it is it is Los Angeles. If the chart, if Joe Staley continues to kind of, if the Chargers continue to kind of to to mid to to just throw away games and makes really weird decisions, I would love Sean Payton. I would love the man that cost us a Super Bowl. Mm. Well, not cost us the man that out schemers in a Super Bowl to come back and then do some good with us. Yeah. He's the one right now, but I we have enough lottery tickets, do we? Because even though we can make a move for a quarterback, I don't know if it'll be the quarterback because there'll be some... We won't be the worst team in the NFL. There will be a team that holds the number one overall pick that can get whatever quarterback that Sean Payton wants. That's the problem in a way, isn't it? Um, yeah. The fact that... I mean, I'm looking at the draft order now. Uh, we do have a first-round pick. It, it, if the season ended today, it'd be the 17th pick. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Look, we're currently in a better situation than the Packers, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Raiders, Steelers. And I guess that was to be expected. But even so, um, the real scary one is the Philadelphia Eagles having the fourth overall pick currently, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the real frightening one. Um, but we'll get to that. And the Seahawks having the sixth. You've just got um, a look in division as well. Houston have the second and fifth. So they've got ammunition to get yeah. whoever they want because Detroit surely trades down from one um, to get a two and five. Yep. And even the Jags, who looks pretty nice, um, they're now on a four, four loss streak. They've got the eighth. They, they might get another top 10 pick because they just, they just love them. They love them in Jacksonville. Um, yeah. Should we move on? Should we move on? Uh, I'm, yeah. It's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> before I throw it. myself through the window in front of me. Yes, please. It's really upsetting. Um, but I wish Sam Ellinger. All the best this week. We will get on to um, the preview of this week's games, by the way. It'll be me guessing the spreads this week. Looking forward to that. Um, yeah, just all the best. I, I like him. He's good to watch for anyone because we're in the, 820, well, it's the 825 window this week as well because um, that beautiful two weeks where the uh, time difference is a little different. Um, do watch the game because it, it's going to be fun. It, it, it'd be interesting to see him sound like a player. Like I say, he's a competitor and no, does he have a strong arm? No. Um, do we do a lot of deep plays anyway? No. <laughs> so, you know, probably back a lot of Michael Pittman's slant routes <laughs> to get him the over and then Sam Allen go on the, on the ground, I guess. Sam Allen could score a touchdown. That's quite a nice bonus um, price, I think, this week. Um, just because he does like getting outside and he might, let's say, 33 touchdowns is called career. But yeah, I'll, I'll be as optimistic as that. That's all we could do. That's all we could do. All the best, Sam. Um, let's talk about the trade deadline because that's coming up soon uh, before we get into the preview the trade deadline is on the 1st of November that is six days from now uh, time for recording um, we've seen two high profile ones already of course we talked about Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers last week um, he played a little bit more than I thought he was going to not too much um, but they got him out on the first drive which was very interesting on midfield rather than saving him for the red zone like they said they would, but obviously as the game kind of went away from the 49ers, we saw less and less Christian McCaffrey, as you'd expect uh, in the short term. But news broke a couple of nights ago as well that James Robinson of the Jets the Jaguars, you might remember him, had a fantastic rookie year uh, in that season where every rookie seemed to have a fantastic year in terms of running backs. I'm talking Antonio Gibson, like those guys. Um, he's gone to the New York Jets, which is really bittersweet, really, because... I think it's an exciting move for the Jets. He's had a bit of an off year, James Robinson, but he probably needs the change. I think it's a nice move for him. Um, but it's bittersweet because it's happened because Brees Hall has an ACL and he's out for the year. He's looked absolutely fantastic, hasn't he? He has. He's looked he's looked really, really good. He has he's really sparked that Jets offense because as soon as he basically started getting more carries than Michael Carter, as soon as he kind of took over, the Jets are now on this streak of really playing well. You saw the highlight plays on Sunday and for the problem of the previous Sunday of, of he's just his breakaway speed is ridiculous. Brees Hall is this ridiculous kind of speed as you get to the second level. And it's just it's just it sucks when someone goes it's always just sucks when someone goes down with an injury. When a rookie running back goes down with that injury, you're already kind of thinking, well that's his career kind of shortened and stuff. Not many not many running backs can do and Adrian Peterson. But hell there is some kind of solace in the same city as you because Saquon Barkley is just so back and watching him run 
Oh, he's so fun to watch again. Saquon Barkley, how doesn't it like he's missed a step after basically two and a half years of being injured? So it's not all doom and gloom for Brees Hall, and I'm sure he can get back to it. Um, James Robinson's no slouch, though. He is really kind of good, as you say. I believe he's the only undrafted free agent to rush for a 1,000 yards in the rookie season. He's got over that. He's got like 2,000 yards over the past two and a half, three years. He's really, really solid. And it takes him from a, oh, the season's kind of done to, well, we've still got half a chance, you know. They are, they are that AFC East is, is really good and there's a clear bottom team and they're not that clear bottom team. There is a path to the playoffs. There is a pass path the, the Jets can navigate. It is the cut of the fifth seed. Cut of the fifth seed in the AFC. Uh, five and two, four game win streak for the New York Jets. Um, yeah, it strikes me as a little bit of a last round of the dice uh, in the sense that if this doesn't work, then fair enough, we're probably not going to get there uh, because Bruce Hall was that uh, pivotal to what they've done the last few weeks. But yeah, it's a decent one-two punch. Uh, still Michael Carter in there, obviously, for your short, uh, short yardage situations and uh, just decent running back overall. Uh, Robinson, yeah, it need the move, I think. Uh, I think the move's ideal for him. He was getting a little bit stagnant um, because obviously he was kind of taking less and less snaps. And the reason is, which is quite an interesting caveat to what you just said, obviously you talk about Brees Hall coming off injury. He's going to have to do that next season. Saquon Barker's done that. Um, basically, the reason James Robinson's been moved on is because a player has also successfully done that. Uh, and Trevor Setienne didn't play in his yes. rookie year at all. Um, was drafted by the Jags as a bit of a novelty pick, if we're all being honest. It came a bit left field. Drafted 25th overall, if I remember correct. Um, and it was like, oh, I mean, they'd already picked Trevor Lawrence. So they thought, wow, we might as well just bring him over as well. And just, um, yeah, it was a very urban Maya thing to do, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But he looks good. He looks good. He's got his first NFL touchdown this week as well. Um, they've been getting him more and more involved. So it does make sense if they could get some value out of James Robinson to, to ship him on, send him on the Jets, as I say. It was a bit of a, even though they won, it was a really costly week for them because I said Brees Hall went down, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker went down as well for the season, which is a, a big blow on the offensive line. Obviously, those kind of things come hand in hand. So they'll hope Robinson comes in as a bit of a band aid for that and uh, and figures it out and gives them a, a nice punch alongside Carter. But for the price, it was probably just worth it. It was worth having a go. The Jets haven't been five and two very often, let's no. be honest. So, so they might as well have a crack. I don't think the fan base would allow them to just kind of peter out without trying something. I don't think so. Um, yeah, uh, a smart move, and I hope it works out for them. I, for the first time in my NFL sporting career, I actually quite like the Jets this year. Just, yeah, just, I'm, I, I got I get a nice feeling from. Yeah, as you say, you kind of they wouldn't be allowed to throw the towel because it's the New York media and the team that you share a stadium with. Again, they're doing very well as well, so you need to remain relevant and competitive in those kind of competitive markets. Um, and you want to carry on this feeling to next season when you get Brees Hall back, when you get Elijah Vera Tucker back. You go, oh, we lost our best kind of player, who's kind of appearing to be, and we still went. 10 and 7. We made the playoffs. Imagine what we can do hmm. with Elijah Vera Tucker back, with Brees Hall back, with Zach Wilson fully fit, having a preseason, not being injured. Um, you know, what happens then? Cable, uh, you know, the, the Garrett Wilson comes on another year. The edge rusher, Johnson. Johnson comes on another year. You want to keep this feeling going forward. You want to keep faith in the team. And they can do that with, you know, with a player like Jack Robinson. Yeah, hopefully they can. Hopefully they can. Uh, let's talk about some other potential trades, just kind of names that are floating around. Can't really give you much insight into these, uh, in terms of where they're going to go, because we just don't know. Um, but players that are kind of available, some quite big names, I would say. Um, I've seen Robert Quinn mentioned in the last few days. Obviously, the Bears got a huge win on Monday Night Football, which I think took a lot of people by surprise. Robert Quinn is a, he's a down year. Uh, it's a down year for Robert Quinn. Um, had a very good. 2021, uh, of course, but made the move and he's just not quite filling the void that Khalil Mack left. <laughs> to be honest, he's got his lowest PFF grade, I think, of his of his career, and he's just. But he's one of those players that is on the downturn, but he has enough recent tape that he could he could do a job for someone, and someone might bite on that uh, and give him a relatively decent offer. So Robert Quinn's one uh, in the off in, in the same position. And a much better player currently, and it'd be interesting to see where this where this team kind of stands in terms of what they want to do. Uh, is Bradley Chubb? Uh, the Denver Broncos has had a very very good year. He's a very very good player, Bradley Chubb. 
he was a lot of the reason why they were happy to let Von Miller leave the leave the team originally because they had a lot of faith in, uh, in Bradley Chubb. Um, a lot of trade talk around him. He could be this year's Von Miller, couldn't he? <laughs> to one of those teams at the top who just need a little bit more punch uh, on the edge. Um, Chubb's very, very good, isn't he? And where do you think the Broncos are in terms of, because there's a few other names, I mean, KJ Hamels we mentioned, uh, Jerry Judy's even been mentioned in terms of trade talks and kind of blowing that up a little bit. The Broncos are in such flux. <laughs> Where do you think they're at? Do you think they would consider trading players away or do you think they want to keep it together and just let Russ at least have like year two to, to, to do something? They can't They can't start trading players away. Even though they've got no picks, so the, you could make the argument they're just selling the scale of Russell Wilson. They can't. Uh-huh. They can't. They've just got a quarterback you have to keep happy because you owe all the money in the world now. You've just got Seven new owners, including Lewis Hamilton and Walmart, like the conglomerate that have taken over and taken a stake in Denver uh, as as a head coach, as a uh, GM. You can't be trade. You can't be seen to not do well because they'll just get you out. You know, War- Mr. Walmart, whoever it is, didn't get to be Mr. Walmart by giving people time and stuff. Um, so that they can't. And isn't it funny how you know you've been a you're a big proponent of this in the uh, uh, Buckner Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. Yep. kind of trade. Uh, Bradley Chubb, you mentioned, five and a half, five and a half sacks this year. Von Miller, six. <laughs> it, it's, you have to get it right when you do this, otherwise you, you, you just, you, it just doesn't work out. You just look very, very silly. Even though the age said, yeah, probably time to be one Von Miller. You're probably not going to pay Bradley Chubb what he wants because he's been good but not great. And you've just paid Russell Wilson. So maybe they do trade him. But even then, you can't. The optics look too bad. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, I think Chubb's one of those players who won out. Chubb's <laughs> because he, he's clearly hitting his he's hitting his stride. He, he, I mean, he obviously had the bad injury, didn't he, which knocked him out for a year quite early in his career, which um, didn't help things. He, they, they did originally sign to play alongside Von, didn't they? And then it just Miller watered out, which, which is more than understandable at the time. Um, yeah, we're getting these trades. It's all about hitting your peak, isn't it? And making sure that getting the best out of it. Chubb's probably near in there. Uh, so he'll want it, but I completely agree. The optics of win now, got to win now because you've got Russ in the building, but it's just not quite working out. They're in a bit of a delicate situation, the uh, Denver Broncos, I think. Um, a couple of other names I want to talk about before we leave this section, uh, running backs, small running backs. Um, I mean, Kareem Hunt was asking for a trade two months ago. <laughs> just two years ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just constantly asking for a trade. Just still doesn't want to be running back two despite... Um, being part of one of the best Russian offences we've seen in recent years. Uh, he's taking less snaps, though. I did notice this week in particular, Nick Chubb was taking almost everything. Um, for the Browns, uh, do you think we'll see Kareem Hunt move on? It's, it's, it's a possibility. Um, but yes, it's always a possibility, isn't it? I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't really know what his worth is, because he's a very good player, but ultimately he is a running back too, so they don't have much leverage, do they? No, I think there is there is some value to get him because, again, the Browns, I know you can kind of wait and see if he comes back and plays well, but they're not there or thereabouts when it comes to the playoffs. So you can kind of do that as you want to get and you want to get him out of the locker room. You want to get the unhelpful voice, the, the, the kind of the, the, bads out, the bad out of the locker room so you can kind of improve team morale and stuff. So you could kind of swing it that way and get some picks back and get, a, I mean, again, not you're not talking great picks here. If James Robinson got a sixth, you're talking probably a on, a, on a great day, it's like a fourth. On a great day, you can get a fourth. To be honest, I think with Kareem Hunt, the, the mileage he's got, it probably would be they just trade six or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the sake of literally within a round, uh, they'd probably do that. I think that's probably his value. Um, I'm not sure what his contract is saying, actually. Uh, that might affect things. But yeah, he's been asking for a trade for a while. So I think it would make sense for a, a running back needy team. Um, Cam Akers as well. Cam Akers knocking around. That's just a weird situation. I'm not done, really sure what's going he's on there. Done by all accounts. He's done in Los Angeles. They're kind of saying this is mm. was like two weeks ago now that he's not going to take another snap for the Rams, which is mental if you plot his career trajectory and stuff. He came into the league, looked really good, tore his ACL, came back for the Super Bowl and looked really good. And yeah, then he's done in, in, in Los Angeles. It's, yeah, it's, very, it's, very strange. It's really weird, really, really weird because that is a big red flag for anyone who wants to to trade for him because you go, oh, you you were a good running back last time I saw you and, and then Sean McVay doesn't want you in a team that needs to run the ball. That's not good. That's a lot of red flags. 
It really is. It really is. Um, anyone else stuck around? Anyone else you've heard of in terms of trade? I mean, I'd like to see Brandon Cooks traded just because that'll be his fourth trade in the NFL, which is amazing. <laughs> um, doesn't just I think you'd tie the record uh, if he was traded four times. Um, do we start a really hypothetical narrative around the fact that as we're recording this podcast, Bill Belichick has yet again refused to name a starter in New England? <laughs> um, as long as n- neither of them come to the Colts, then, then, then yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, two, two white QBs cannot coexist in New England. We've seen it before with Bledsoe and Brady, then Brady and Garoppolo. Two, two white QBs can't coexist. Yep. One has to go. And normally it's the... No, it's no. I was like, one time it was the old starter. One time it was not the, the old starter. So They've got three at the minute. Because Brian Hoy's still knocking around somehow. He doesn't, doesn't count. You know? He's been there with Brady <laughs> he, and Grappolo. He doesn't count. Does he count as a quarterback? I'm, I'm not he's, sure. Um, he's part of the furniture now. Yeah. He's just... He's basically like a janitor or something. The one trade that I was really confused by that apparently didn't and it didn't happen was it is not confirmed it is just sources but the Panthers rejected two first round picks for Brian Burns I did see this um, it can't be true it, it, it is he's a good player but he is a very good yeah. player but they're blowing the team up why, why would you what, why I mean <laughs> if they accepted what they accepted for Christian McCaffrey where it wasn't even a first involved then I cannot wrap my head around that not being taken. I, I yeah, it, it, I think it's bullshit. I think it has, it has to, be. to be bullshit. It has to be bullshit. I mean, ultimately they said. I mean, they're not again sliding because they said they'd only take multiple first round picks for Christian McCaffrey. Literally about three days before they took not even a first round pick for Christian McCaffrey. So, I think it's just a little bit of gamemanship that I, I don't think that's true. Maybe one. Maybe he's a young player, he's, he's a good player, maybe worth a first, a high first, but not two. I don't I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It Do you can't think, be true. No. Do you think we'll see a big trade before the deadlines on um on Tuesday? Um I mean we have seen one, of course, in CMC already, so that's that usually does it, but do you think we'll see another one? Good question. Just looking around the league, just like saying, who is a team that is going to go fuck them picks and really kind of go for it? I can only, the only team that I'm like that is like maybe the Vikings, but I don't know who they need. A team that are like one player away from being an absolute stud, but I couldn't tell you who that player kind of was. You look around the league, there are not teams that can't, that won't, if whoever, if they get a star player, it won't necessarily make them contenders. It just makes them good. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, even in fairness, it's just there's two ways to look at it, isn't it? It's, you you look at the teams that could add that one extra part that would take them over the edge. The flip side is a team that's massively underperforming that realizes the season's pretty much gone and then thinking, well, we're paying this guy a little bit too much. Um, so whether there's an element of offloading for a little bit cheaper, um, we, we said ourselves, are the Colts in that category? A couple more, well, we, we won't have time. Well, we will have time for one more loss, yeah. essentially. <laughs> um, should we lose to the commanders on Sunday, then it's possible we even see a Colts move uh, in terms of shipping a guy out. Is it a is it a Buckner? Is it a, a Yannick Ngokwe who we traded for at the start of the season and has done nothing, really. He's not really done a thing. Uh, he's a guy you could probably see moving on. Is it one of the corners even? Is it a Kenny Moore? Uh, he's been very, very bad. I don't think we're doing anything offensively. Um, I think Pittman and Pierce have been probably two of the, the rare flashes uh, in the team. How many first round picks do we get for Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> I don't want it to happen. I'm kidding. But it'd be interesting because he we currently have the 30th ranked rushed offense in the league. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. Uh, I think we called about 10 run plays on Sunday. I, I said I'd stop talking about the Colts, but we've got the most talented running back in the league, and we called, I think, 10 run plays on uh Sunday afternoon in a game where we lost by nine points and had a chance in the final quarter. So stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Can we trade Frank? Can we trade Frank? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to the preview for this week. Because you're right, I can't talk about it any longer. And we'll do Colts Commanders very, very quickly when we get to it. Um, yeah, you can lead on this section because I have not seen the spreads. I've seen one, in fact. I've seen one spread. So I get that out of the way. We can discuss it very, very quickly. Um, Packers at Bills. 
which is Sunday night football. Um, that is the only spread I've seen, or at least I saw the opening spread, which was 10.5, I think, wasn't it? Um, Packers plus 10.5 against the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if that's moved out now. It may have done. Um, yeah, I just saw that purely because it is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that is a double-digit underdog in a game, which is pretty remarkable um, when you consider how long he's been around. Um, and I don't think he covers either because that don't, I don't think the Packers are very good. It is it is mental. 11.5 points the line stands 11. at right now. Wow, Acor- it's gone up. According to CBS. Um, wow. I'm not sure what sports book they're using, but Pat Caesar's, Caesar's sports book. There you go. Um, that's huge. That's mental. It's just, like you say, I mean, I, I say 11, they should cover 11 and a half, shouldn't they? They should. It's too should. big. It's too big, but it's in Buffalo. I mean, think of some of the teams the Packers have been kind of not just lost to, have been embarrassed by over the past couple of weeks. Is he not going to take one of these personally on prime time? It's just one guy, though, isn't it? He lost the to Taylor Heineke. <laughs> the one thing I'll say about Rodgers is even down to the end of the fourth quarter, he looks like he gives a shit a little bit. Um, just a little bit, just enough to make me think they might cover on Sunday. Um, so with that in mind, with the, we'll talk about QBs that I think give a shit when they're out of the field. Let's talk about Ravens at Buccaneers. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just shocked that you're backing a guy who lost by 17 at home to Zach Wilson. I think the Jets are good. <laughs> the Jets are a great team. Jets are a great team. Uh, right, Ravens, Buccaneers. It's in front of me now. Let's go. First night football. It's just genuinely a tough line to call this one, isn't it? It goes very, very different at the start of the season, you'd imagine. Um, I don't know how they can possibly favour the Bucks after what's happened in the last couple of weeks. They've lost to uh, a nine-and-a-half-point underdog and a 13.5 underdog, I think, the Panthers. Um, pretty insane. Of the last couple of weeks, credit it's to PJ, PJ Walker. <laughs> credit to PJ Walker, by the way. We talked about his chances being pretty slim, but we do like Phil. We do like Phil on this podcast. I was absolutely buzzing for him. The XFL, it's back, mate. The two, two of the greatest quarterbacks ever seen. Two of the five greatest quarterbacks in the NFL <laughs> in the NFL history. One of them being the greatest player we've ever seen. We're just beat by XFL alumni. Superb, absolutely superb. Um, Hmm. I'll favour the Ravens. I've got to favour the Ravens based on that. Ravens minus three and a half. Minus one. Just minus one. Just yeah, minus it's, one. Just it's, it's, it's value, isn't it? I mean, on based on recent records, it's that's value. That is value. Um, I don't feel like Brady's record on Thursday night football as a Buccaneer has been very good either. I, I I can never get the Bucks Bears game out of my head where he um, failed to cap the downs. Yeah, yeah. Against Nick Foles. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, Nick Foles was threading balls to Jimmy Graham <laughs> in the the year twenty twenty one. Pretty insane. Twenty twenty maybe hard. Even so, recently, um, Ravens minus one. I take it. You have to take it on recent form. I know the Ravens are up and down. The four and three themselves, but. Can't go anywhere near the books. That's what's happened the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but the Ravens are now running halfback dives. No, halfback toss where uh, Mandrews is the QB and Lamar Jackson is the running back. So I'm here for it's it. Just, it's just so fun. I'm here for it. Uh, so, so fun. Right, moving on. Back in London, Ross. Back yeah. in London with the Denver Broncos technically at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Technically. Yes, they will yes. be the Jags. Will be the home team. It always has passed in in Jags is Wembley, but but what's the spread? What mm. is the spread? What's I'm the just... spread from Russell Wilson? You know, <sighs> warming up on the plane already. Oh, I hate every element of that. I hate Wednesday. every element of that tweet. It's Wednesday. Um, Jesus. Um, yeah, just to point out to listeners as well, if you're not aware in the UK, as I said at the top of the show, um, we do daylight savings differently uh, than America. Uh, for some reason, so for two weeks of the season, the time difference is a little bit different. So this game is actually kicking off at half one, where it would have been a half two, which means uh, there's a knock-on effect. So all the six o'clock window is actually five o'clock, um, and then the eight o five, and yeah, then what would be the nine o five and the nine twenty five games are actually eight o five and eight twenty five, uh, and Sunday night football is a little bit earlier. Um, so that's good. 
Um, yeah, the best week of the season, really. Um, just a little bit more viewable for everyone, especially those working Monday mornings. Wembley again. Yeah, Wembley, Wembley. Broncos, Jags, it's a stinker. <laughs> it's an absolute stinker for those that got tickets. I mean, they must have looked at this at the start of the season thinking, okay, Russell Wilson's in town. They've got an offense. They're going to be air raid. They're going to be exciting. The Jags, you know, Trevor's had another year. Travis Etienne's back. They must have thought it was going to be really exciting. It has not been. The Jags have lost four games in a row. I, I kind of want to say the favoured, but they, I don't think they can be. I'll go Broncos minus two. Denver at plus 2.5. Really? Denver are plus 2.5. Russell Wilson is plus 2.5. He's going to play, isn't he? Like he's maybe is that the reason? It's it's not hundred percent. I think it's still technically up in the air. It still could be Brett Rippon and no, good good job. Good, good. I might not watch this game for Brett Rippon. I'm just, I just might not. I might not watch an NFL game at one o'clock, a half one in the afternoon. But it's it's going towards Russell Wilson. I believe trending. In that sense, dare I say the Broncos are value in this game, in that case. I thought they'd be slightly... I think they will be favoured. It'll, be, it'll become almost a pick and when Russell Wilson is confirmed, I think. Because however badly Wilson's played, he's still Russell Wilson and he's still a little bit more competent, let's be honest. And you never know. Um, it might just fall into place one week and the bookmakers will be well aware of that. <sighs> If you don't touch it, though, do you really? I don't think you touch this game. You enjoy it for what it is. The Jags were in a good game. We expected to be a terrible game last season. So let's hope that's the case um, this season as well. If you haven't seen the article already, or the tweets already, Russell Wilson was doing high knees in the aisle of his plane, if you didn't understand what we meant. Not his plane, the team plane, sorry. I would go to the cockpit and ask the pilot very, very nicely to just put it in a mountain. I think if you started doing that, I, I, you just trip no. him up, don't you? Oh, sorry, Russ. Brett, he's, warm up. He's becoming a, a weekly trend, but he's just the worst human. Harry, I absolutely hate it. It is so funny how the mighty do indeed fall mm-hmm. in the five o'clock window to kick things off. NFC South: Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. The covering machines failed to cover for the first time. Um, Heartbreak. Six and one now. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons against the spread, three and four overall. The Panthers coming off a win. I mean, to fair, fair to say they covered 13 and a half, <laughs> just about. Um, Falcons should be favored still, I think. Just but it's tight. Is it, oh, this is nearly a pick, you know. I'll, I'll go Falcons minus one, four and a half. Bookies are way more favor- confident. Interesting, interesting. I think they are a better team. Uh, there's an element of, was it a fluke last week for the Panthers? Was it just the Bucks being that bad? Um, four and a half, did you say? I did. Okay. Um, okay. I, I, I'd probably stay away from it, to be honest, in that sense. But interesting, interesting. Probably about right. Probably about right. I was probably a little bit harsh on Falcons. So. Just a little bit long. Just a little bit. Bring it in touch. Two institutions now, institutions of America, institutions of American football, the Chicago Bears at Jerry World. Now, the Bears are coming off a win. They are. (laughs) They're coming off a win against Bill Belichick. Quite the win as well. However, I think the Patriots were awful (laughs) in that game. It did not help things. And the Bears, the Bears, it's Jerry World, as you say. Dallas looked pretty good. I think there's quite a disparity between these two teams, to be fair. The Bears are not good on the road either. Uh, I'll go Cowboys. Seven and a half? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. I went high of seven, to be fair. Interesting, nine and a half. Um, uh, I'd maybe consider Bears to cover, and would it be nine and a half then in that case? But I fully expect Dallas to win this game. That's for sure. The back fully back. Yes, yes. The Bears, just, the, the Bears are the Bears, the Bears. I mean, they're winning games somehow, I guess. Yeah, they somehow do. Miami Dolphins at the Detroit Lions. Very upsetting to see the Detroit Lions at one and five. In my head, they were way better than that. I know. <laughs> they were way great. better than that. They were like a really good one and two team. And, and then they just actually just can't defend anything. 
genuinely upset me they've only won one game. Um, so Miami have to be favoured. Um, with that in mind, to a back, all that good stuff. Miami minus... Yeah, they can't defend, can they? They're going to have a tough time against Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Seven and a half? Eight? Eight. Only three and a half favourites. Really? Three and a half point favourites. I'm not sure that Ford Field really demands that much kind of a home field bias as the bookies are giving them, but... My early sway is I'll be looking at the Miami Dolphins handicap then in that case, because I would have gone way higher than that. Uh, the like points line, if you were interested, is 51 and a half. You can easily see this being 40 25 or something like that. Well, that's it, yeah. I'd, I'd fully expect, yeah, they don't quite right. I don't know, do they? Yeah, you'd expect if, if they're going quite low on the handicap, you'd expect the top the points total to be lower. But as we've said, the Lions have got the worst defense in the league, so against Tyree Kill, <laughs> I mean, all the best. Dolphins cover that one, I think. I think now this is my. Super Bowl pick versus your Super Bowl pick coming out of the NFC. The Cardinals travelling to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, this was our NFC Championship game, basically, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, still got a chance. More my pick, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. But yeah, the cards are interesting, to say the least. Um, it's in Minnesota. The Vikings can be favoured in this game, as they should be, coming off the bye as well, I think. Um, ooh. Minus. I will just caveat and say the new Modern Warfare is fully out this weekend. It drops on Friday. 24 and a half. Um, <laughs> if, uh, if you buy into the scandalous rumours. Six and a half. Three and a half. Really? Again, these that are, seems low. These that are low. low. These are tight spreads. They're, the bookies are expecting... A fresh Vikings team. Going, really? Interesting. They're That's expecting much tighter games than we are. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't really I, I, I don't think the cards cover that. <laughs> I really no, don't. I really don't. No, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. Uh, oh no, I was like, same to last game. No, we're still we're still firmly in the five o'clock window at the moment. The Las Vegas Raiders at the New Orleans Saints. It's not a classic. Um, it's one and five plays two and five. One and six plays two and five. I think I mean, something like that. Uh, two and four, two and five. Ah. Two and four, two and five. The Raiders finally picked up their second win, didn't they? Um, yes. Ooh, it's tough. This one's tough. Look, is it a pick'em? It's not a pick'em. No, the 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 Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders are two point favorites. Just two the two. So you see, I had maybe even lean Saints. So that's yeah, fair enough. Um, stay away it's a stay away game if I've ever seen one similar to the Raiders game this week it's just two bad teams it's a game in the dome that you can easily see New Orleans winning just because it's at yes. home as well yeah yeah absolutely I'd run away from this one <laughs> run away from it New England Patriots at New York Jets the AFC East <laughs> what a what a division Oh, this would have looked a little differently if they'd not had the Chicago Bears result, I guess. Um, as we talked about at the top of the show, Brees hold down for the Jets. It's a big blow. It's a big blow. Vera took it down. Big blow. But they still won four in a row. Three and four plays five and two. I think it'll be tight. but I'll... Jets minus two and a half. Jets plus 1.5. Ah, the Belichick tax. The Belichick tax. He's not even named a starting quarterback. Come on, Bucky, what are you doing? Not even named a starter. <laughs> yeah, I this this one is mad. I get, look, if you want to get it close to a pick him, if you want to only have the Jets favoured by one, fair enough, but favouring the Patriots now. Is, but as I said about a stay away game, this is the mother of all stay away <laughs> games, isn't it? Because you could you could easily see the Patriots, wouldn't it? You, you could. You can, you can visualise it. It's, it's, it'd be typical Patriots to have that result on Monday night, have a short week and then go to the Jets and beat the Jets because that's what they do. Um, but yeah, the Jets should be favoured in my opinion. They this should be favoured. This isn't the same old Jets. 
this this is a game where it may not be the same old Patriots either. (laughs) If if it's not the same old Jets, this is a game you you're at home, you host New England, you just beat them. Yeah, you beat them by two scores. Yeah, you come out of there. That is when you can start believing New York. Yeah, this could be a big week for them. This could be a big week for them. Um, But yeah, I'll be going nowhere near that on my ticket. (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles don't have to travel anywhere on on their by because they host the Pennsylvania Derby, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eagles favoured, of course, especially at home. Um, Steelers off the bye, I think. Um, Both off the bye. Yeah. Oh, Steelers played, didn't they? Did the Steelers play? No, I don't think so. Unless they were on prime time, but I don't think Both. They, were. They, they, they lost to the Dolphins 16 10. They did. On Sunday time. night football. Yes, that's why. Um, you see, the art look from whatever they are on offense, they're, they're pretty staunch defensively. They always are. So I don't think it's going to be a bit as high as I, I kind of want it to go. Eagles, they still considerably be better, though. Eagles, seven and a half. 11. Really? Well, okay. So I've, I've gone low on this one and it's higher. It's, it's, it's the opposite to what I've done for a few of these games. Um, yeah, I can kind of see the Steelers covering that. <laughs> so I think the Eagles win, but and they might be able to stop some of the run game. That, that's that's, that's the, the key in this game. And I think the Eagles could beat them over the top, so that's how they do it, but at least they might be able to stop a bit of the run game. So, uh, yeah, I'd maybe look at Steelers covering. 11 points a lot. We are now into the 8 o'clock window was worth of games with an AFC South matchup, the Titans at the Texans. Uh, what's the line on Derrick Henry's over? <laughs> I, I, would, uh, I would take that. Um, Titans win. Texans cannot stop the run. Um, Josh Jacobs just started playing with them on Sunday. It was quite... It, 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 was, it was fun to watch, actually. It was great to see Josh Jacobs finally kind of hitting the heights of what we, we, we always thought he could do. Um... Titans will be favoured. Titans minus six and a half. I can't believe this. It's only two points. They are only two point favourites. Against the one, four and one. Texans. It, look, does it stink of a trap? Yes. <laughs> will I be betting it? Yes. <laughs> I think you have to. I will walk right into that one with you. I have not written my tips for spot in life this week, but expect to see that one on there. <laughs> I imagine uh, probably packaged with some kind of Derrick Henry over as well, because yeah, the Texans can't start the run. So I think Henry 100 yard game looks pretty promising to me, I would suggest. Here we go, Ross. Should have been the Carson Wentz derby, but it is not, unfortunately. So it is Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. We are hosting the Commanders. We're going to be underdogs, aren't we? Um, for the reason being, the bookmakers have not seen Tom Ellinger in an NFL game, and they've seen Taylor Heineke win games in the NFL. Um, and they played well this week. But they played well on Sunday, to be fair. We did not. We were awful. Um, it won't be huge because we're at home, is my thinking. But even so, Shaquille Leonard has to play this week. Has to. There's no question. To that. I, I don't, I don't, at this point, I don't care if he's healthy or not. He's got to play. So it'll keep it down a little bit. But Commanders, oh, field goalish, minus three. We're actually two and a half point favourites. Really? We are two and a half point favourites. We are minus 2.5. I mean, <laughs> I mean, pro football focus, the good people pro football focus, pretty much say that the value every single week is the team playing against the Colts. Um, it definitely will be this week, I would have thought. Um, I'm not going to back it purely because I don't want to <laughs> against my own team. That's baffled me a little bit, I'll be honest. I, 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 how are we stopping Terry McLaurin again? I, uh, we're, yeah. not. we're not. We are really, we, we really are not. Uh, another thing for the NFL, you've got one 8.05 game and then the rest are 8.25. Three 8.25, just go two and two again, lads. Strange. Strange. Poor from them. Poor from them. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Another derby now. The Los a a Los Angeles derby, not Los Angeles derby, a California, California derby. Yeah. As the Rams, I say host. It's a it's a it's a tentative host. Whenever it is any of those two teams, host the 49ers. 
I would have the 49ers favourites, even coming off the defeat. Even if, I don't know whether the bookmakers will agree with this, but even coming off the defeat, it was the Chiefs in today. Um, I would have the 49ers slight favourites in this game, purely because I think the defence has a good chance at shutting Matt Stafford down. Um, what he does, they will be fresh, but they are coming off the bye as well, like the Rams. But uh, 49ers minus like one and a half, maybe. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. He smashed one. it. That is, that is class from you because I would have just gone Rams up a bye. They're going to be slightly favoured. So I'd have maybe gone the other way. But no, Ross it's cut the, through that. It's the defence. It's the defence. It is, as the old adage goes. Um, yeah. Defence wins championships and defence wins against three and three teams that haven't looked that good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what the old saying goes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased though. I'm pleased though. Yeah. Class, that is class. Very, very well done. Two months ago, this looked like an awful game. This looked terrible. In week eight of the NFL season in 2022, this looks incredible. New York Giants at Seattle Seahawks. Oh, it's game of the week. I got literally for this. This is literally the game of the week, isn't it? Um, yeah. Ooh. I don't know how they're going to. I mean, it's a tough one to handicap. I'll give it that. No. Giants. Oh, are they? Because oh. the Seahawks still have a bad D. The Seahawks still have a bad defense. The Giants are kind of middling to two okay on defense, actually. They're, they're probably a more all-round team, I think, the Giants, because the, the, the Seahawks are so bad defensively, even if Geno Smith is just... I mean, by the way, is he comeback player of the year? Does he count for comeback player of the year? Because he should be. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there's no specification as to the injury. Yeah, no? I mean, I, yeah, he, he was a he was a backup and he's now starting, so I'd like to think he'd become a player of the year uh, as, as it goes. Um, but yeah, they still, in the same way that I've just picked the 49ers to be favourites because of their off, their defence being very very good. The Seahawks defence is not good, so I'll go Giants slight favourites. Giants two and a half. Seahawks minus three. Ah, maybe the bookies are. Maybe the bookies are, are, are back in the cross country travel. I, I just think they can't have the Giants. Can they? they? They're expecting it to come all apart. It was the same as last yeah. week. It was the same last week. They're expecting it to fall apart, and it continues to not fall apart. <laughs> and for that reason, I might back them again. <laughs> I might just. You might just have to ride the Giants train until it stops. I think. I, I think that's probably the betting route in the NFL this year. Um, while ever the bookmakers continue underestimating the Giants, maybe you just go. But yeah, like it's, it. it's a fair point in terms of they have to go all the way west, don't they? I like it. I like that kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have discussed Packers at Buffaloes. Yes. At Buffaloes? Buffaloes? I can't talk. <laughs> so we will skip that one, but we round off the week with a Ohio derby. Mm-hmm. Bengals at the Browns. Yeah, a couple of close ones this, year, uh, this week, isn't it? Ohio, Pennsylvania, California. Still um, probably like 300 miles, but... Yeah, it's probably still <laughs> Um, it's not quite a British derby, is it? Um, no. Yeah, Bengals at Browns. Um, Bengals got to be favoured. Uh, I would say, based on recent performances, Jamar Chase was fantastic. Joe Burrow was fantastic um, this past week as well. Um, the reason the Falcons have not been able to continue their streak of covering. The Browns have had some hard luck stories. They really have. They've been close in a lot. They've played... You kind of feel like if they had the stud at quarterback, they'd be have a much better record, which is a little bit frightening for when that comes around. Um, but I'll go Bengals favoured in this. Monday Night Football as well. There's not a lot of points in Monday Night Football generally. I've got Bengals minus four and a half. Three and a half. Oh, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. That's close. Close enough. Close enough. It might, might drift. I drift. <laughs> it might it might drift. It might drift. Uh, they expected a pretty decent game if you look at the kind of the points. The line's 47. So they say very I mean, we've had like one or two big kind of primetime games, but it's been very, very poor. Um, I did see a great graph today of the viewership of Thursday Night Football. Mm, started at started at 10 mil and it's down to about seven and a half, which Amazon paid a lot of money for that. Eleven billion? Something like that. They, they can't be very happy with that. <laughs> 
in fairness, I would say that the, the counter argument is, and if you don't get the context of this, is yes, they don't want to see the dip. Of course, they don't want to see the dip. Um, Seven million viewers on a streaming platform on Thursday night is still very good. Oh, <laughs> it's still oh, it's... It, for what is a bad game. Ultimately, it's still yeah. very, very impressive, isn't it? But uh, we we mentioned this last week. Ninety-one of the top hundred programs in America are NFL games. Not safe. sports. Not sports games. Not yeah. any any TV program. The, the NFL. It's still king, which is mad for a league that was going to die in 2016 when uh, loads of people stopped watching it because of yeah. political views and that. Pretty absurd. And yeah, we, we talk about TV as well. Um, I thought it was particularly ballsy of a show, which we're not going to talk about, so not to spoil anything, but House of the Dragon has been showing on Sunday nights in the US. Um, I mean, to put into context how powerful the NFL is in terms of viewing figures, Game of Thrones was the biggest show in the world. And they put it on the spring so it didn't clash with the NFL, essentially. They, and I think the only reason they put House of the Dragon on at this point is because it fit better with their particular schedule and they were probably weren't expecting it to be quite as big as Game of Thrones. Wouldn't be surprised if House of the Dragon actually moves back to the spring <laughs> when it comes back because they don't want that clash because it's absolutely huge. Um, the drive of Sunday Night Football and uh, continues to be, especially when they're putting guys like Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers on TV um, as they do week on week. Um, nice one. Just, I'm just thinking of like, oh, would I rather watch Chiefs Bills or Vega v Cyrax? I was like, hmm. No spoilers. I did say no spoilers. <laughs> well, I just, that's not a spoiler. That's not a, that's spoiler. Not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. That's not happened yet, maybe. Um, that's week eight. That is week eight previewed. Um, I got one. I'll take it. I got I got one. A couple of near misses. A couple of whiffs to be fair this week, but it's it's hard to do. Try and do it yourself. Try and do a blind test if you listen to this. Um, and, and try it yourself. It's pretty difficult. It's pretty difficult, and we haven't done too bad in weeks gone by. So yeah, that's week eight. Uh, if you're going to London this week, if you're going to Wembley, do try and enjoy Broncos at Jaguars. <laughs> All the best. Uh, but I'm sure you'll have a great time in terms of the atmosphere around the ground as well. And Finally, before we get out of here, um, we get the NFL. There's also some other football to be watching, isn't there, Harry? There is. Big noon kickoff. Comes through yet again. Ohio State v Penn State. Just watch it. Just watch it for Gus Johnson. Listen, watch it to listen to Gus Johnson. You won't be able to, you won't go wrong there. Great way to start the day. Moving back, number one ranked Georgia at Florida. Always, always a good game in those SEC matchups. Always, always kind of good fun. And then you can cap the night off with, well, you can go, oh, Michigan, Michigan State. What's not to love? Can it go wrong? Can it go wrong? Do get on these college games. It won't be long. It's just, it's, I know it's only October, but it won't be long before we start changing conversation, especially if the Colts are in the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> one it's not be. wrong. It might be November. <laughs> we start talking about college quarterbacks in particular. So, yeah, get your eyes peeled uh, on some of these guys as soon as possible. And then ultimately, you just sound cleverer in April. Uh, it, it's as simple as that. If you, do the, if you do the homework now, you don't have to play catch up uh, when it comes around to uh, it comes down to March and you're scrolling your Twitter feed and all of a sudden you don't understand what anyone's talking about. It helps to get that background in uh, nowadays and watching a couple of games uh, and seeing what these guys are about. Um, Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, uh, do give us a follow on Twitter at Couple of Punts. Um, give us a share of this podcast. It'll be pinned to the top of the Twitter feed as well, if you don't mind. Any shares, word of mouth, social media, whatever it be. It's always very, very, very grateful. As I said, enjoy the football this week, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. <laughs>